1: Welcome, everybody, back to episode 87 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Uh, Producer Steve sitting in again with us. Uh, We just recorded yesterday, but, you know, we had an opportunity to get on Brett Gibson of Queens University, head coach for 16 seasons now. Uh, A lot of success there, and um, I couldn't pass this up. Steve, um, again, thank you for hopping on with us. Um, I just, you know, I thought we were just here to talk about talked to the former coach of Owen Power, but we've also got the former coach of Peyton Krebs and fan favorite Dylan Cousins. Um, didn't even realize until you just brought it up, so extremely excited. Thanks for hopping on with us, Brett.
0: Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how's the squad this year? Like I said, 16 years now with uh, Queens University. Um, how, how's the team looking? You said you're fifth, ranked fifth in the uh, fifth right now? Yeah,
0: we're ranked right fifth in the country here in Canada. It's been a crazy year. It starts and stops with COVID, but our guys have really uh, really dialed in this year, and we're 11-1-1 going into the last three weeks of the season. So, uh, you know, gearing up for playoffs, and, you know, at our level, it's uh, the best time of the year is getting into the playoffs.
1: Any players we should have our eyes on?
0: Yeah, we get—we're all major junior, former major junior players, so it's—it's uh, it's a nice group of guys. We on our defense, we have Jacob Paquette. He's a former Nashville draft pick, and up front, Jonathan Yance is a former 50 goal scorer in the OHL. He was with the LA Kings, so it's—it's uh, it's a great level. It's different than the NCAA. These guys are coming after their junior careers in the CHL, and they're looking to get a degree and then go play pro hockey after that. So uh, they've taken a the long way, but uh, they're great kids, and they're still great hockey players.
1: I believe my co host, I'd have to ask him. He played uh, some college up in Canada too. Um, I forget where. I'd have to take a look, but it was during the lockout season. Yep. Uh, I remember he played like half a year before signing with, I want to say it was the Ontario Rain uh, before he ended up having to hang up his pads uh, because of his knees. But um, I, I believe I have to ask him. Um, I wish he'd answer me right now. I'd love to know what I'm. Uh, Actually, uh, Steve, real quick, just look up Johnny's uh elite prospects uh page if you don't mind, real quick. And maybe it's maybe becoming it's a, a
0: great play. bumper league. Like our goalie tonight is actually uh the emergency backup in Belleville in the American League tonight. So we got the call with like, he's at practice today and Anthony's going up and backing up in Belleville tonight. So guys are coming out of the league now, which is great for the product, that's for sure.
1: That's exciting. That that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I mean you had you had quite a long career too, obviously, as a player. Um, played center, uh, what, what birth year were you, um, you do everything, oh, 79 birth year, uh, you ended your career with Kingston and, uh, you had quite a, quite a career there in the O.
0: Yeah, I can have a trivia question. I was the first ever draft pick of the Erie Otters just down the road from you and played with former uh, Buffalo Sabre, Timmy Conley. So TC and I played together uh, there. Timmy. Jay McKee. Jay McKee. So, yeah, I, I know you guys love your Buffalo Sabres, but Jay McKee and, uh, and TC were two great players I got to play with those early years in Erie.
1: You still get to, you still ever touch base on any of those guys? Ever hear from them? or?
0: Well, he's your coach is just down the road in Hamilton in the OHL so I talked to Jay um recruiting wise trying to get his opinion on players on the Ontario Hockey League and TC I've been talked to him a long time but uh he only lives an hour and a half down the road in Syracuse from where I am in Kingston but uh great both great guys we
1: we always like you know you always see highlight reels here in Buffalo from uh from T- from TC you know Conley, and uh uh his hands were just unbelievable man just absolutely That's surreal right. I remember a lot of fans here upset when we traded away Michael Pekka and that, you know, he was the key piece that came back, but, you know, watching him play, especially in those glory years in Buffalo in 05, from from like 05 to 07, even 08, like watching Timmy play, man, like every time he was in the ice, something magical was bound to happen. And I remember that one year uh, it was, it was, it was wild, man. You'd be down two goals late in the third period and we, like, we were so confident in those teams that they were going to come back and tie it. It was almost a given, man. They were never out of a game. Breer, Drury, uh, Timmy, just that entire team was so stacked top to bottom. And then obviously had Millsy and Nat, a world-class goaltender at the time. Yeah, he, uh,
0: he was a special talent, what he could do with the puck. And especially in that day and age, there's a lot of clutching and grabbing, and he still was getting away with things that, you know, he, he it's before his time. But, like, you see what Zegras is doing now in the NHL with his puck skills. TC was doing that, you know, in the early 90s as well.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, it just – it's such a shame that injuries really played an integral part in kind of ending his career because I think that he had so many more, you know, special moments he could have given hockey fans everywhere, whether it was with Buffalo or beyond that. It's just, it sucks. But yeah, it, you know, learning more about you as you go on to former players you play with uh Jay McKee and Tim Conley. You've also coached uh, a guy that it was kind of leaked yesterday uh, on After the Whistle that Uh, they fully expect that, uh, Owen power will sign with Buffalo once the college year has ended. I'm not sure how the rules go with, you know, how many games you're allowed to play before they burn a year of that entry level contract. Hopefully that doesn't happen here, but a lot of excitement after getting that news on uh, on after the whistle from Elliot Freeman that they're fully uh, expecting him to sign with Buffalo once uh, the NCAA tournament is over with. And you've also coached uh, in U-18s both Peyton Krebs and uh, Dylan Cousins, the workhorse from Whitehorse. Uh, just if you can give us some insight on those players, you know, from you coaching them and what we've already seen and what we would expect to see from Peyton Krebs and uh, Owen Power.
0: Yeah, we'll start with Owen. I had Owen at the under seventeen, and uh, I remember I was the way it works with Hockey Canada. We have three under seventeen teams: black, red, and white. And the number one prospect of all Hockey Canada at that time was Owen Power. And when I got my lineup, I was real excited to see Owen. That was part of my team, and uh, right from the beginning, he's he's just such a mature kid. Uh, you know. Well, a lot of the guys, when they're playing in Canada, they want to go the CHL route. And Owen was a highly, highly touted after prospect, but he had his ways and he was set on going to the NCAA. And then, you know, you could hear guys asking him, why are you going there? Why don't you come to CHL? And he held true. He knew he had a plan. He had a vision. And and that's what Owen Power is about. He, uh, he's mature beyond his years. You're getting a guy, as you can see, that jumped into a world championship, or, jumped into the Olympics, and now he's going to jump into the NHL and, you know, he's really going to be a guy that you guys are going to lean on for a long time. He's mobile. He's big. He's smart. Um, he, he, I, You know, you have those five-tool uh, baseball players. Well, that's what you're getting in, Owen Power. And uh, I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, he won't ease his way in. He's going to demand it. He's going to come in and hopefully have a veteran to play with to teach him the ropes of the National Hockey League. But I think he's going to be an impact player for the Buffalo Sabres right away and obviously for a long time. Uh, the other two, Dylan and uh, Krebsy, both unbelievable players, both under, unbelievable people. I went to Sweden with them with the under-18 team, and, um, you know, they were guys, go-to guys for me. Krebsy ended up being the captain that year and Cus being the assistant captain. And um, it's funny when I saw the, that, that Krebsy, I heard rumors he was going from Vegas to Buffalo, is – Those guys push each other. They've been playing against each other in the WHL for a long time. They've been playing with each other and against each other, coming up through the Hockey Canada ranks. And now to have them on the same team, I think it's a great move by Buffalo because both are very driven hockey players. Both are very driven people, and they're great human beings. And I think that goes a long way as well. And uh, they're cornerstone for your franchise. The, The three guys right there that we're talking about, I feel very fortunate that I had the opportunity to coach them at a young age and to see what you're going to have when they develop over the next few years in Buffalo. Um, that's going to be the future of the Sabres.
1: Right on. So what you're saying is that we need to get Cousins and Krebs on a line together permanently because that uh, kind of uh, personal competition, uh, it's kind of like a mozart area sort of thing. They're just going to constantly try to outdo one another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we they to do. Them as they it's funny forever.
0: they do have they do have that. I tried them together a couple of times in the pre-tournament, and, but uh, you know, then I split them up. But they they just push each other, and I think it's a healthy competition that they have with each other. I don't know if they'd say that to each other's faces, but I, from a coaching perspective, I always felt that they had a healthy competition. There was no animosity. It was just. Both guys wanting to get the NHL quick. Both guys wanting to be impact players. And they're both type A personalities. You know, they're leaders. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think either way it would work. Them playing together, I think it's fantastic. I'd probably, you know, move Krebsy to the wing. But uh, when they're on opposite lines as well, I think you're going to get that push factor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think think it's all but certain that uh, Alex Tuck will likely be named captain of this team next year just based on the immediate impact he's made going yeah. into this but i i i'd be hard pressed to think of kids other than Krebs and cousins that might be looking at the a in years to come uh but to answer your original question from 10 years ago from 10 minutes ago uh duane uh coley played for the university of western ontario uh, oh, yeah. in
0: 2012
1: 2013
0: yeah just i remember right. during oh, the lockout uh, yeah. he right. had
1: four whole starts but posted a 903 save percentage so in those three starts that's a bad with Are you talking? Is John,
0: is John Cullen the actually the other guy on this? Are you
1: see? Don't
0: tell me you know Cully. Please do not tell me you know. Culley. Yeah, John. C- I, I, recruit, I-, I recruited Cully. He played in Kings. <laughs> <played> King <laughs> King. I can leave you with this. He wasn't smart enough to get into Queens. I'll go. I'll give you that. That's why he went to. <laughs>
1: you, you can tell oh him that God. too next time to you see so There you go. I cannot oh. wait to tell Johnny. And oh. tells him, you
0: tell him Gibby recruited. You tell him Gibby recruited you to Queens. You said you were going to come, and then you couldn't get in, so you settled for Western. Tell him that.
1: <laughs> oh man, that, was, is, that might be the. He was player. smart enough to put out a few extra pairs of socks, but not smart enough to study. I, I love it. That, 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 <laughs> story, that story is unbelievable, Gibby. It, it's a. Uh, Oh, uh, he God. during his draft combine, obviously the bigger you are, the better your chance of getting drafted. And me and Collie are smaller goaltenders, so he tells this story about how he put on like six or seven pairs of socks during his uh, measurements, and they told him to take his shoes off, and he he asked to go to the bathroom before and he had to go take off seven pairs of socks before getting his <laughs> measurements.
0: Done. That does not surprise <laughs> me at all. So, as yeah. you can tell, I, uh, I've heard this story a couple times.
1: Yeah, it's great. It, co- uh, it comes uh, up. <laughs> But, yeah, he, you know, Steve there, producer, used to kind of stole my thunder. Obviously, before Alex Tuck uh, came to town, the, you know, the consensus, at least from a fan perspective, was that Dylan Cousins would be named uh, team captain eventually down the road. But, I mean, has he always been a guy that was willing to drop the mitts uh, to stand up for a teammate? Because, you know, granted we didn't have a lot of guys here at first that were willing to do it. Now we have like guys like Hayden. You know, you see Kyle uh willing to – willing to exchange fares every once in a while. But Dylan's dropped the gloves quite a few times. Has he always been that type of a hockey player?
0: I think that's just his competitive nature, right? I think that's a guy that wants to win. And that's a guy that's going to change the culture of your dressing room, right? Like he, uh, I wouldn't want him fighting put it that way. He's too valuable to to be fighting, but what he's doing is, he's gaining respect in the dressing room for the veterans. He's gaining respect by his teammates. And he's probably creating a little space for himself on the ice. So I think that's all of his, uh, what cuz is trying to do is build himself into an all around player. And he's just a fiery guy. And I think emotions, play a big factor in this game. If you have emotion, you, you become a real good player. It's the guys that you have to give a kick to that you struggle at the next level. And for me, I just think that's the way he plays. He has to play. He's creating space and he's creating energy for his team.
1: On that, on that same podcast where they, they, they mentioned, they they announced that they would expect Owen to, you know, sign with Buffalo as soon as the college is over with. Oh, one of the, when they were talking about Dylan Cousins, Alex Freeman mentioned that, you know, you're you're always going to go to the more polarizing players in the team after a a win, whether it's a big win or just any any kind of win in the locker room for the interviews. But after the, the, the cameras are off, Everyone's always going to point to a guy named Dylan. Hey, Dylan's the reason why we actually won tonight because he does everything the right way. You know, he's, like you said, the competitive drive. He's going to be the guy willing to go into corners and, and win puck battles, willing to go to the net, take a beating, get, get the scrappy goal, stick up for a teammate. And he almost kind of com- compared him to another former Saber, Chris Jury, a guy who, you know, he wasn't flashy. You know, he wasn't going to make a highlight reel, but he did all the right things all the time was always a good 200 foot player and had all the tools in the toolbox, so to speak, you know, you know, there wasn't one thing that he was glaringly good at. He's just good at everything.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're describing both of them. I think you almost described Peyton Krebs there in a way too, right? Like they're just competitive guys and, and those are the guys that, you know, create the energy for the team. And you're right. Like I wouldn't say either one of them has, you know Connor McDavid's speed or Tim Connolly's skill level, but they're just all around two hundred foot people that you win with, and and that's why I was spoiled to have them. Uh, the The year I had them with Hockey Canada, they played every situation. They kill penalties. They're out in the last minutes, whether we're up or goal or down or goal. And uh, you know, there's not many of those guys to be had.
1: Yeah, I remember we actually had Owen on pre draft on the show. Um, I have some friends over at Michigan. They were able to set that up. And uh, one of the things that really struck me about Owen was how mature he is at such a young age. Like, you're talking, we're talking like a man child essentially just the guy just really and i was always on the side of letting him go back to college right after the draft there was no reason to rush him especially with the situation buffalo is currently in why rush a kid and you know put him in a, a bad situation when he go chase a national title with the with the Wolverines like it made no sense to me you Don't know throw him the uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly let, let that go let that kid learn what it's like to go win you know they got really close to that brass ring the year before before they had to bow out because of covid to get that close and to to not get there, you know, maybe he felt like he had unfinished business or he just wanted to really experience a full year of college hockey with fans, the whole shebang in, you know, and which he didn't get that year. So I was real happy to hear that he was going back mean, before he left for Beijing. Not, Not that he isn't still now, but he was on a Hobie Baker pace, you know, more than a point a game per player, I think before uh, he left, he had 26 points in 24 games, and then he performed pretty well uh, at at, at uh, in the Olympics. You know, being one of the younger guys, really depended on, logged a lot of minutes, and I'm sure you watched a, a, quite a bit of the Olympics when you could. You know, what did you think of his performance there? And you know, how do you think he'll fare when he does finally sign with Buffalo right right from the start?
0: Well, I think you hit it on the head with the word patient. I think that's what Owen Power is about. He didn't jump to the CHL when everyone else did. He didn't jump to the NHL when everyone else did. He has a plan, and he wanted to go to Michigan, I think – that was his plan since he was 16 years old. And he's been the same kid along the way. And I think that's what you see on the ice. You see, you see a ton of patience. You're not going to see a guy that's going to bash pucks off the boards just to get it out. He's going to have his head up. He's going to make plays and he's going to make people around him better. But you're absolutely right. He's a mature, patient guy. And uh, for me, he didn't look out of place at all, either at the World Championship playing against men or at the Olympics playing against men. If not, he thrived. And I think if you hear it, a lot of guys will say it. Once you, every level you move up, the game becomes easier it, it, you're playing with better players you're having guys in the easier positions so he's going from playing in Michigan with some young kids 18 to 22 year olds or he's going in the National Hockey League playing with men and I think you're only like, going to see his game ev- uh, elevate even more because he's going to be playing with better players
1: uh, that's like it's a, a breath of fresh air to hear man and if you could compare him to any current NHL uh, defenseman you know who, who would it be and why
0: It's really tough comparison. Like the easy one to compare is you hear everyone compare him to Victor Hedman, but for me, yeah, Victor Hedman is, is more physical than always going to be always going to get you with his stick. He's going to get you with his angling, his positioning. That's where always going to get you. He's not going to be the physical presence, I feel, that Victor Hedman, but he's young. You know, Victor Hedman wasn't Victor Hedman he is today when he was O's age as well. No. So if o, o continues on the path that I feel he's progressing on, that, that could be a good comparable um, moving forward because he definitely has the skill set of him and, in terms of poise, in terms of offensive ability, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, limited space on the ice because he's such a big guy and he skates so well and he doesn't have to be that physical presence because he can skate you into the boards just by angling you in the, in the way he, you know, uses his stick to take you to the corners. And, you know, I, I, I'm i on that train, like everyone asked me about the combine about oh and I would say Victor Hedman, but the Victor Hedman when he was 20 years old as well. Not, It's hard to compare yeah. him to a guy that's a Norris Trophy candidate, that's one, two standard oh, cups, that's, that's physical, that's a man. But I do feel O has the attributes to move into that body.
1: Yeah. And, and that was another thing, too, is, you know, before we let you go here, I know you got you to gotta scoot, but – um, it, you know, that was another thing too. And we, we drafted Erasmus Rasmus Darlene first overall. He got a lot of comparisons to Victor Hedman. I if you kind of look at kind of the way they tracked from early on, I know the analytics nerds, you know, in, in, in hockey, like the point of Darlene's analytics and kind of like, you know, you know, he's not going to be the guy we all originally thought he was going to be. Well, I mean, he's been playing for a dumpster fire for a few years, a team that's, he's had three different head coaches already. Like it's hard to, it's really hard to sustain success, when there's so much turnover in certain key positions in your organization, and um, to, to, you know now he's finally starting to come on under Don Granado, who you know has really turned out around quite a few players here in Buffalo in terms of their development. You know, Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, um, and. You know, that if you kind of like look at their stats, like you said, a young Victor Hedman, Victor Hedman struggled a lot in his early years in Tampa. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't the same defenseman. It took him a long time to grow. And I expect the same thing with, you know, I, I kind of like the same way Dolls is kind of heading right now. And I would expect the same things with Owen too. Like, and that's not a knock against him. Like, it's just, you're going to go through some growing pains early in your career.
0: Well, like you hit her in the head. Winning is a byproduct, I feel, of development. And development you can't rush, is you gotta take yeah. the time to properly develop players. And the byproduct of that is you're gonna start winning and it takes time. But uh the core that Buffalo has there, I feel that if they're developed properly and surrounded with good people, and I think Renato's done a great job of basically what we're talking about and Kevin Adams as well, is they've if they stick to what the process is, I think the byproduct will be winning in Buffalo's near future.
1: I love it, man. He's in tune. with What's going on in Buffalo. He knows all the names. He knows all the players. I absolutely love it. Again, yeah. uh, thanks for coming on with us, man. I really appreciate it. I know you got to scoot, but uh, I really appreciate you hopping on with us last second here. And I cannot wait to tell Cully uh, what you said, because that is so funny. That is amazing. I, the, the, when you, when you went, wait, that John Cullen, I was like, Oh my God, because, he has an OHL story for almost every single episode. He's he tells Man. all about the guys he played with. We hear the same stories over and over again. And I I rip on him for it, but hey, I hey, I begged
0: him. To, I begged him too until I got his transcripts, and then I'm like, you know what? You're probably not good to get for us, Cully. Say hi to him. He's a great. He's a great guy, and uh, he, he was is, a great bully in the OHL.
1: Uh, I I'm actually happy that he wasn't on for this because we got it. We got a chance to razz him a little bit. Next time we have you on, if you're, if you're willing, we definitely will have him on with us, uh, hosting and, uh, you guys can go back and forth a little bit
0: more than happy to guys. Thanks very much for your time.
1: Thanks guys. That was, uh, Brett Gibson from, uh, Queens university, former coach of, um, Owen power, Peyton Krebs and Dylan cousins, you know, they just got done with the first two nights of the season. It's been phenomenal. We get Gretzky back, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports
0: broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters.